Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, folks, and welcome to the podcast. This episode is sponsored by italki, and italki is the perfect platform if you're looking for one-to-one lessons or uh, speaking partner Uh, for regular speaking practice or for just general English lessons. It's really convenient because it's basically done through Skype. You find English teachers who are in different places uh, and you can arrange to have uh, lessons or conversations with them. And then you can just do it wherever you want. You could be in the kitchen, you can just sit in the living room, uh, you know, wherever's most convenient uh, for you. And they have loads of teachers to choose from. And remember that because you listen to this podcast, uh, italki are offering all of my listeners a free lesson that's when you buy some talking time they'll send you a voucher for a free lesson to get that deal and to check out italki just go to teacherluke.co.uk slash talk you're listening to luke's english podcast for more information visit teacherluke.co.uk Hello folks, how are you doing? It's been a while since the uh, last time I uploaded an episode of the podcast, but here we go. It's August, uh, things are quiet here, we're between holidays. Uh, we spent about a week and a half away earlier this month and we're going away for another couple of days next week and then things get back into full swing again in September. So we spent some time in the south of France, uh, not far from where my wife and I got married. And while we were down there, we met up with my parents and my brother. And one evening last week, after consuming a delicious dinner with some wine, we decided to record an episode of the podcast so that you can join us at the dinner table and with some slightly silly banter and discussion with the Thompson family. Topics that you will hear include baldness, like going bald when you lose your hair. So baldness, space, climbing mountains, British comedy, fishing, earworms, tattoos, David Beckham, losing your marbles, jokes, games, citizenship tests, baby monkeys, ghosts, and some celebrity impressions. This episode is ripe with descriptive language, linking words and specific grammatical instructions for a range of purposes, including building an argument, describing something, and just having fun and joking around. So listen carefully to follow the conversation, pick up some nice language, and just enjoy being part of the fun. Also, you can experience the pleasant voices and accents of my family. So here you are. This is an evening with the Thompsons talking rubbish and just having fun. So, hello everyone. Hello. Hello mum. Hello Luke. Hello James. Hello. Hello. Hello, Dad. Hello, Luke. How are you? We're fine. We're absolutely thank you very fine. Much. Thank everyone's, you. Everyone's doing all right? Yeah. Muy bueno. Yep. Muy bueno. 
bit of Spanish there um, from James at the beginning of the conversation. Very impressive. Can you speak Spanish? No. No. <laughs> Do you know how to say I can't speak Spanish? Uh, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's, no, I told you I didn't. Ouch. No hablo español. I think, oh, that's it? right. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, family, welcome back onto the podcast as a whole. Thank you, Luke. I, I can't remember the last time the three of you featured in one episode. I don't think you ever have. Have yes, we? Uh, yeah, have we? Several no, it Christmas. Was, it we was did at Christmas. our house. No, not this Christmas. It was, um, oh, I don't know. Several times, several times in the past. Mm. Uh, James, can you describe the situation, please? Yes. Go on then. Uh, we're sitting around a table in France, uh, having just eaten a meal, which I cooked. Mm. After some mm. pressure. Some pressure? Um, <laughs> pressure from where? Our stomachs? Yep. Um, which was lemon and garlic chicken with white wine in on white it. Wine. In white wine. Okay. Some of my listeners will know the recipe. And, it's been um, featured on the podcast before. Yeah. Um, ratatouille type thing. Ratatouille. Ratatouille, but without the aubergine. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because A, we didn't have any, and B, I don't really like aubergine that much anyway, so... If it doesn't have aubergine, is it not ratatouille? Yes, of course it is. It's still ratatouille. Yeah. Does ratatouille include cheese as well sometimes? No. No. That's raclette. <laughs> Sounds a well, bit I'm, like I'm Mr. Informed today. Okay, then. All right, then. Good, 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 good. Now, Dad, uh, what are we going to do in this uh, recording? Do you know? Well, you told us that you're going to um, produce some kind of random words, and we have to talk for up to two minutes about whatever the random word is. I don't know whether it's some kind of contest or or what. Is it? There's no element of competition in this at all. Um, How will we know who's won? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no contest I guess um, you know the listeners can decide at the end who they thought won even though there are no competitive rules in this at all if they want that there to be a winner if they need a, a, a competition and a winner in this they can choose who's won and they can choose the criteria uh, by which uh, that decision is arrived at that Say a, that again. That was a, that was a good <laughs> sentence. Okay, so what I've done is, um, uh, basically what I wanted to do is extract some, some conversation from the family. And so I've just written some prompts on bits of paper. They're not really, they're not words or topics you have to talk about, or in some cases they are. They're just prompts. And so we're going to go round in circles, and you flip over a, uh, a card, and then you have to talk about it. I'm going to give you, what, how long? A minute? Two minutes? What do you think? One minute. A minute's long enough. A minute, a minute is long enough. Um, so you can talk for a minute on this thing. And, and will you go at the end of the minute? Yeah, I'll let you know when the time is up. Okay. And then afterwards, we other people can just chip in with their thoughts and stuff. Okay. okay. Re- remember, people are learning English with this. Okay. This is yep. a, yeah, they are, and yes. and I get regular requests from my audience asking to hear more episodes featuring members of my family. So. There is a demand for this. I know it's hard to believe that anyone would actually want to listen to us. It's not hard to believe they want to hear from your mum because she speaks such lovely English. That's true. So there you go. Okay. James, try to stay, um, what? Just Focused. Awake. And Focused, alert, <laughs> keen. And, okay, so who's going to go first? James, you can go first. All right. Shall I shuffle these? Just no. Just, just turn one get on with it. He's got lots of pieces of paper with things written on them. So the first thing I've got here is just the phrase going bald 
Thanks, so you, Luke. That was purely at random. No, that it? was no, that was at random. No, no that uh, was my choice. Dad put that one in, and it was at random. And so, James, you've got one minute to talk about going bald, and then afterwards we can kind of chip in our thoughts afterwards. Okay, so you've got one minute <laughs> starting. Going bald, losing your hair. James is looking like thunder at the yes, moment. Yes, he's okay. not looking happy. You've got one minute starting now. Um, I have been slowly going bald since the age of about... Mm, 12 20 thanks. Go on. solo exercise by the way dad you put the microphone down yeah you can put your microphone down dad uh, since the age of about 20 something um, but I haven't gone completely bald it's a miracle but um, am you, I supposed to talk about m- m- well describe describe the uh, I think everyone knows what being bald means okay but what is it uh, do you, do you, does it feel bad because it happens to a lot of men well, it doesn't feel particularly good, but then again, it doesn't feel particularly bad either. What's the best solution to going bald, do you think? Shaving your hair Shave off. Shave all the hair off. So so if if you're losing some hair, then there can be no hair. It's that kind of logic, is it? Yes. Okay. All right, good. Any, would anyone else like to chip in? Dad, you have some experience. I would certainly like to chip in. I mean, the Thompson family are you know, noted for not having particularly wiry, thick hair. And it's the curse of the Thompsons that the male members of the family will tend to go bald. Uh, and I've been going bald, uh, and James is starting to have a receding hairline. Um, Luke is fortunately very, you know, unbald. But the the point is, <laughs> the, the point is that you know some people get really obsessed about it, and and there's a huge industry in selling people hocus pocus things that will stop you going bald or bring your hair back. And you know, people spend a fortune on having hair planted back on the top of their head, such as Wayne Rooney. Yeah, and and uh, you know he's got a carpet on his head now. Is of, it, is of it follicles, actually... follicles are the these are the little hair things that you know they grow from, move from the back of his neck onto the top of his head, and he's now got kind of a carpet on the top of his head. The question, the point is, does it matter? Do do women, you know, uh, shrink from people who are you know thin on top or good, not? Good question, Mum. Do, do, um, do, obviously not. Although when I met you, you were not bald. You ah. had a full head of hair. Ah. So I was fooled. Would you like a refund? Um, well, yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Uh, but no, of course not. Seriously. It's, what, does it, what difference does it make? And James is not going bald. James has got lots of He has of gone hair. bald. No, no, he hasn't. Oh, no. I'm joking. He has a high forehead. <laughs> but he's got great. lots of hair the only trouble is he cuts it really really short he's and got, it's much nicer if it's a bit longer he's got lots of hair the only problem is it's not on his head it is on his head okay james how do you feel now just um generally after this fantastic yeah i bet you do I bet, i'm sure you feel really great right now all i would say is there's a there's a prejudice in certain sectors of society about baldness which sections well you know particularly in the us of a they 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 don't like bald people what uh, they don't it, you know if you, if, <laughs> i thought it was mexicans if, if, no no they, sorry. If, if, i'm sorry uh, american listeners but they do admire people with a head of hair you know like uh, jfk if jfk had been bald would he have been president i mean one wonders how important is hair okay <laughs> Uh, next, Mum. Yes. 
You're next. You got oh. oh, you're lucky. You got the word space. Ah, oh. space, which is what Dad put in because he wanted to talk about space forever. But um, but I don't know anything about space. Well, you know where it is, don't you? I know that space is a is a uh, a philosophical concept for <laughs> an empty area of something we're talking about i know i don't know i don't know anything about space i mean there's the sun the moon the stars Mm -hmm. and i can see that they're amazing and that we are a very small part of space but it's a mystery to me i don't understand it and i don't know what to say what what would what would you say about space i'd say it's very big it's like even yeah even bigger than than you might than most people think i mean it's you know so incredibly big that uh to put it in scale our earth in the context of the whole universe is a bit like an electron in a molecule in a uh it's really, really big, basically. This is brilliant, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't know about space. You shouldn't have given me that one. Okay. All right. James, do you have anything to add? Um, it's a good album by the KLF. Really? The, the, the KLF are a British group who produced an album called Space. What's the album like? It's quite spacey, funnily oh, enough. Funny that, isn't it? <laughs> What does KLF mean? Ah, that's, that's, well, I actually suggested to you that we do an episode on the KLF. Mm-hmm. And you kind of went, hmm. Well, it's a bit, bit niche, isn't it? It's very niche. No one knows, knows what it stands for. Could you give us a quick synopsis of the KLF? Could you sum it up in a second without Dad no. interrupting you? No. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should do a whole episode on it. Uh, all right. Well, if you would like to prepare it, that would be fantastic. Okay, they they were a, a sample heavy hit musical combo that had a string of hit singles in the UK uh, before taking all the money that they made and burning it. Wait, what? They burnt all their money. They burnt a million pounds on tele- on television, right? No, on video. On video. And why did they do that? Don't know. Don't think they quite know themselves. <laughs> was it supposed to be a statement of some kind? Possibly. I think they just felt compelled to do it. Okay. Do you think it was uh, a good way to use the money? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. Okay. Is that legal? Are you allowed to burn money? Burn I think cash? so. If it's yours. If it's yours, really. Yes. What if, even if That's not the only thing they did. They did a lot of other interesting sort of art projects and weird weirdness and mm-hmm. they made some very good music did they then beca- they also deleted their whole back catalogue so you can't listen to it all on spotify because it's been deleted why you'd have to ask them i really don't know because they were all art is transient anyway man okay all right i'm really looking forward to that episode on the on the klf <laughs> which <laughs> see if, imagine an hour's worth of that I Why did they do it? I don't know. Don't know. <laughs> what did they do? I don't know. What does it stand for? I don't know. No one knows. <laughs> I thought it was the lamb option at Kentucky Fried Chicken. KLF. Yeah, I'll have, uh, I'll have the KLF, please, with fries and, uh, and a Coke. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry I was so useful. Useless with that question. Luke. That's okay. There's so much to say when it comes to space. I know. About, I mean, the size of it, which is interesting, in the fact that it's almost impossible for us to imagine quite how big it is and it's also, impossible for and also, me to imagine and just so many other things about um the stars and about you know the the just the way the whole thing works it's it is fascinating anyway dad here's yours 
It says, do you remember when, dot, dot, dot. So you have to just come up with a do you remember when um, sort of anecdote, basically. Probably about something that happened um, to us in the past as a family. Any memorable moments that you can think of? Lots of memorable moments so you could, as families. I mean, I could particularly like the one where we were in Wales. And um, we had a holiday in, in Wales, which yeah. is a beautiful part of the country. Uh, and... Um, we decided to climb the local mountain. Now, it's not much of a mountain. It's a kind of, you know, small mountain compared with other pe- countries' mountains. But it's called Carn Liddy. Carn Liddy? Carn Liddy. Uh, not a bad mountain, craggy. And um, we thought, can, can we do that? And so we thought, well, we've got to try this. And it was quite a tough climb. Oh, yeah. Uh, and... Um, you know, we were struggling over the rocks. It was difficult, and we were fighting our way out there. I think you were you were probably about nine. Okay. And James was about, probably about 11. I I'm not quite entirely sure. And when we got to the top of Carn Liddy, um, there was a real proper mountaintop, like, you know, a pointy bit. Mm-hmm. This is it. Um, and we sat on that and looked around, and the view was fantastic. You could see all across the coast, the sea, and everything else. And we said, yeah, we've climbed Carn Liddy. And we sat there for some time, just looking at the scenery, and it was lovely weather, and I remember that. That's one of the things I remember. Do, do you remember when we climbed Carn Liddy, Mum? Uh, yes, I think so. Although, I, was I... With you? Or was no, it's just the three of us, oh, really. Right. I think we left you behind because you, you couldn't take it. I remember you doing it. I obviously don't remember doing it myself. Okay. James, do you remember when we climbed Mount Carn uh, Liddy? I'm going to say yes, because not remembering would be awful, wouldn't it? It would, yeah, especially a, a moment like that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, next one, uh, it says British comedy. I'm going to give this one to James. Can you recommend some British comedy for my listeners? Eh? What? Is there a coughing baby in the background? Okay. Yeah, the baby coughs sometimes. It's okay. Um, British uh, comedy. British can you comedy. think of any British comedy uh, that you can recommend? Well, I did like watching the series uh, White House and Mortimer go, Gone Fishing. White House and Mortimer Gone Fishing. I think it's White House and Mortimer colon Gone Fishing. <laughs> yes. Um, which is two sort of comedy stalwarts of the... 90s pretty much Paul Whitehouse who was in The Fast Show and Bob Mortimer who was in Reeves and Mortimer <clears throat> and they're now getting on a bit meaning they're getting old they've um, lived quite interesting lives um, but they're now slowing down they've both had heart problems Okay, and it's not exactly a comedy programme but the fact that they're two comedians means they're kind of constantly trying to make each other laugh mm-hmm. which is just inherently very funny and they just go fishing and bob mortimer is a complete novice to fishing paul whitehouse is quite experienced so it's one telling teaching the other how to fish and the nuances of fishing and uh, the other one just trying to make the other one laugh basically most of the time and it's sort of quite gentle television mm-hmm. it's not high paced it's sort of very slow pace to the show to the program and um it's just hilariously funny if you're a fan of them which i am and if you're a fan of sort of dry british humor 
uh, you'll you should enjoy it very much. I'd say it might be hard to find out there in internet land, but um, give it a go. It's it comes highly recommended. It's called White House and Mortimer Gone Fishing. I believe so. You're a fan of this show, aren't you? I Mom? am. I think it's lovely. Really? Yes, it's very gentle and humorous, and the the two of them are very likable, and uh, particularly poor White House. And it's just a lovely, gentle comedy. Okay. And is it scripted? Is it kind of like a, a scripted well, thing? Well, no, I don't think so. I mean, they, I think they must have gone into each episode thinking, well, we're going to maybe cover this subject and that subject. Um, but it's quite um, touching because it's all about, it's not only is it about fishing and gentle ribbing of each other or teasing of each other, mm. it's also about um, the fact that they're getting older and it's about... Um, you know, death. We're all is going it? to die. It's about them. It is about mortality yeah, to is. quite a lot because they talk a lot about their heart problems and how they came close to death, mm-hmm. both of them. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of life affirming though, isn't it? It is. It's a, it's it a is. kind of uh, way of saying we're all going to die. So we should enjoy what we want to do while we can. Enjoy. So, enjoy so they're the... enjoying their company and they're yeah. enjoying the fishing. They're enjoying the countryside. And the and food the, that they eat in the evening and all that sort of And the of joy thing. of kind of talking... Um, rubbish. Talking rubbish and just yeah. having fun with, exactly. with your friends. Yeah, yeah. okay. So, uh, it's lovely. White I, House, I would, I would uh, recommend it as well. White House <coughs> and Mortimer Gone Fishing. Mm. Dad, this, the next um, uh, word here is, is simply the word earworm. Earworm. There we go. <laughs> okay. So, well, first of all, I have talked about earworms on the podcast... <laughs> Recently, because I talked about how I had the music for Super Mario Kart uh, running around in my head. That was my earworm for about a week. But, Dad, what's an earworm? And tell us about earworms, if you would. It's not a very nice word, but it it means that uh, it's the music that goes round and round in your head, whether you want it there or not. Mm -hmm. And some people have, you know, their current earworm is a particular song or a bit of music. Uh, and some people don't have them. I, I think you have to have quite a musical brain to be afflicted by the, the earworm. And I know we all are. Um, the Thompson clan do get afflicted by earworms. I do. And I wake up every morning uh, with a tune going around in my head. And, and sometimes I know where it's come from because I've heard it the day before or whatever. And sometimes I've got no idea where it came from. Yeah. It just comes completely out of the blue. So on this little holiday, we've all been, you know, singing, uh, you know, <laughs> Baby Monkey, uh, ba- Baby Monkey, which does get into your head in an irritating wait way. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait but, a minute. But, but no, I've had a different earworm going on okay. this holiday, yeah. which is um, the first single by Tom Jones. I think it's probably 68 i'm not i'm not sure 60s which was it's not unusual to be loved by anyone yeah and that dum dum it was produced by produced by um a guy called um uh no no gerald no um he loved the bum 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 which was quite unusual it wasn't quincy jones it was, was it? quite unusual and and um it, you, you used it for um sandy shaw in eurovision going okay um uh boom <laughs> what was it 
And a distant clock stocks chiming nine. That's chiming nine. Boom, boom, boom. It was the same thing. Anyway, um, it, I can't remember his name. Anyway, that was today's earworm. It's not unusual to be loved by anyone. It's not unusual to have fun with anyone. And why? I have no idea. I haven't heard it's not unusual for a long time. Okay. Now, you mentioned before about how we've all had the same earworm this week, uh, which is this baby monkey thing. It's all James's fault. It's James's fault. James, please explain baby monkey uh, riding on a pig. It's a viral video of a baby monkey riding on a pig backwards. (laughs) And someone out there made a song to accompany the clip. Yeah. And it's very high-pitched, sort of slightly crazy frog-esque. Um, baby monkey, baby monkey, riding on a pig, baby monkey. And it just goes over and over, around and around and around again. Nonsensical. There is a couple of different words later on, but that's basically but it. The, the, the video is genuinely of a baby monkey who, who climbs on the back of a little pig and then rides around... Uh, on on this pig, so it is a baby monkey riding on a on a pig it's somewhere in the far east, and it's had it's, it's Sri Lanka looks like or it looks like Thailand to me. Okay, but the we'll reason we've all got it on our minds is because we have our own baby monkey. That's right, with us this holiday. Yeah, that's right. The our little, our, our baby. little grandchild and Luke's daughter. Yes, and so we think of her as a. Baby monkey. So baby monkey, baby Baby monkey, riding on a pig, baby baby monkey, monkey. baby monkey, (laughs) baby monkey, backwards on a pig, baby monkey. Have you got that, James, on your phone? Have you got that? Is it on YouTube? No, it's on YouTube. It's had 27 million views. Can we not have a little hear of it? You're giving this to all Well, you can pause it now and find it and drop it in. Come there, earworm. Sorry about this, people. I'm sorry, everyone, but I am now going to give you an earworm, and it is... Baby monkey riding on a pig, baby monkey, okay? So, you know, you might wake up tomorrow morning with this one stuck in your head, um, which, um, you know, it's not such a bad thing. It's kind of funny and cute, isn't it? drive you crazy it'll drive you mad but you know if it's not that it'll just be tom jones it's not unusual so you know you've got two options there for your earworm uh, tomorrow morning right so next one who's next mum um i have the word tattoos that's it oh tattoos tattoos mm. so can i add another word to that uh, yeah. david david beckham yeah. <laughs> i know why you've said that because i i'm most upset about all the tattoos that David Beckham has. And I think he's ruined his looks. He used to be beautiful, and now he's covered in tattoos. He doesn't seem to be able to stop. He's got them up the back of his neck, all over his arms. He's quite stupid, though, isn't he? Well, I don't, I don't <laughs> think... He, he might sound slightly stupid. He's very shallow and superficial. But I don't think he is. No, I think I he's obviously... Is. To have got where he is, I don't think he can be. No, he's, well, he's just very good at football. <laughs> Is that your David Beckham impression? But he, it's, he's absolutely ruined his looks. Why has he done Not that? Not everyone agrees. You know, some people think he looks cool with those really? very, very trendy tattoos. Can you describe some of the tattoos he's got? Mm, no, 
not really. I know he's got a thing with wings on the back of his neck. Do you uh-huh. know what that is? It's a thing with wings on the back of his uh. neck, as far as I can tell. He's also got those tattoos that go all the way down, down the arm. They're, I think they're called the sleeve tattoos. Full sleeve. Full sleeve. It's like he's wearing a, a sort of a, a tight, uh, sort of long sleeve T-shirt uh, or coloured like tattoos, but it's actually tattoos. I know, it's horrible. Okay. Um, why? Why, do, why has he done that then? Oh, he's... God knows why he's done it, but it's disfigured him. <laughs> okay. What would you do if James or if if I um, came to you one day and said, hey, mum, look, I've got a really cool tattoo on my leg. If you had so, one little tattoo mm-hmm. of a bird or a butterfly or a baby's name or your wife's name, mm-hmm. um, I might just, if that was the only thing, I might say, oh, yes, very, very good, but don't do it again. Okay. Uh, but... To have them all over you is just horrible, don't you think? It's a question of taste. I know, I know people that have got them covering their entire body. They're all home, home-drawn ones <gasps> that look like doodles in a in a school no. in the back of a school book. Really, you know but someone? That, wait, you know someone? You who's, know someone who's done that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know him very well. I know him to skate with occasionally. Very but that rarely. always looks to me like someone who's been in prison. He hasn't been in prison. He just do. got a tattoo gun and started tattooing himself oh and other people really? like you know skate logos and little band logos and mm-hmm. just doodles covering his entire body does that make you unemployable though if you're if you're well, he's a to... woodsman now oh, i'm not going to tell you his name but he's what? a woodsman who works in forestry oh. cuts down so trees. it doesn't matter if he's covered mm. in tattoos is he a lumberjack no he's not a lumberjack he's a he's a forestry woodman of he, some he sort. manages what? woods he manages the woods so mm. he, he okay yeah I see. Well, then tattoos all over your body. You know, the trees don't mind, do they? No, they don't. But if you had to have some kind of conventional job, it would be not a good idea. Good thing he's a woodsman then, isn't it, yeah. really, I suppose? It Dad, is. have you got any uh, anything to say on the subject? I dislike them. I think that uh, this trend um, has, you know, gone out of hand. Yeah. Everybody's having tattoos. And um, it's all very well to, you know, say, oh, I think I'll look very, you know fashionable and have a tattoo but you've got it for life and and, when you're kind of 70 years old and your tattoo has gone a bit murky it's just a blob and and um i think it's also a pity for the parents who have these beautiful little children and have these lovely little babies with their beautiful skin and everything else and then at the age of about 15 they come home and it's been violated somebody's pumped ink into this you know little child's flesh <laughs> and, all right hold and, on and you know say <laughs> no <on>. no <laughs> please don't yeah but they're doing it of their own free will aren't they it's their own bodies they can do what they want it's just a question of taste isn't it face yeah. face tattoos are quite trendy these days oh, have you noticed? Oh, oh, oh. i've seen a few in shoreditch with people stuff tattooed on their face oh. there was, there was oh, someone pretty who, extreme isn't it mm. recently there was a news about uh, news about someone who killed themselves who was covered in yeah, he had a skull covering his whole yeah. face. Yeah, but is that why he killed himself? Well, or it makes you, you wonder. Both symptoms of the same yes. problem. Probably. He obviously hated himself, <laughs> otherwise he wouldn't have disfigured. Don't do it, kids. His face was like a skull and a... Mm. Just don't horrible. do it, kids. Yeah, Luke, you know, do you have any tattoos? No, I don't. Neither do I. Uh, don't do it, kids. How would you feel right. if your daughter got tattooed? Uh, well, I'd, I'd feel surprised because she's only about <laughs> eight months old. <laughs> In 15 years' time. Uh, well, I don't know. It depends if if it's if it's a tattoo that doesn't look good, then I'd feel bad. But if if some because I think sometimes they look all right. 
honestly i think sometimes some tattoos if they're well, if they're well done if they're in the right place yeah. if they if they suit the person i think they can be all right just one I don't know. I think a few can be all right. But what do they indicate? They indicate all sorts of things, don't well, they? Well, what? Well, they indicate that the person has decided to print this particular picture on their skin. No, and no, I've got a tattoo. What does it say? Uh, it's meant to say that you're kind of an edgy, cool kind of... Uh, uh, person who's alternative and lives life on the edge and stuff like that. Although these days it's utterly mainstream to of course. tattoos, isn't it? So, um, I don't know. Okay, it's hard to say if my daughter in 15 years' time turns up and says, hey, Dad, I've got something to show you, and, I, and she shows me a tattoo. Depends, entirely depends. I might be okay with it, but it depends if it's a good one. I've got a friend who's got some tattoos that are actually really well done, and they suit him quite well. They, look, they do look quite cool. But then I've seen some people with tattoos look, that look awful, and they're definitely bad. So, you know, I don't think it's just cut and dry um, but I personally wouldn't have one, I think. I don't think I'd Good. have one. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to the next item. Um, and I've just got the, James, I've got the um, word idiom or saying. So I just want you to, off the top of your head, give us a, a, an idiom or a saying that you can think of. Uh, I've lost my marbles. You've lost your marbles. That's a good one. Very good. What does it mean? I only say that because someone said it at work to a French person the other day, and the French person didn't know what it meant. Yeah. Because it's not the kind of thing... I mean, they may have understood it, but they didn't know the meaning of it. You, you, you work in an office, and one of the people in the office is French, and you were saying to me the other day that the other people, the English people in the office, don't know how to communicate with her. They don't always keep it simple. Sometimes they use quite obscure idioms mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Like, oh, I've lost my marbles, and she's just staring at them like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> and unless you know, someone's told you, you can't guess. I mean, you, you know, you might say, I've lost my marble. What the hell does that mean? What does it mean? It means you've gone mad. Yeah, I wonder where... So marbles, by the way, are the little glass balls that are used as toys. They used to be used as toys, right? Mm. Little glass balls are used as toys. I've lost my marbles, though, means I've, I've lost my mind, I've gone mad. So uh, any idea where that phrase comes from? No. no. No idea at all. Hello, it's me just uh, interrupting the episode in order to do a little bit of fact-checking, uh, specifically with the phrase, to lose your marbles. So I have... Um, an explanation of the origin of this phrase here from phrases.org.uk. And it says, what's the origin of the phrase, lose your marbles? Uh, To lose one's marbles is to lose one's mind. In the 1954 film, The Cane Mutiny, Humphrey Bogart linked insanity with marbles when he showed his character, the demented Lieutenant Commander Queeg, restlessly jiggling a set of metal balls when under stress in court. So it's from this film, The Cane Mutiny. Humphrey Bogart's a a person, uh, a a lieutenant commander, losing his mind, and this is represented by the way he's uh, constantly holding these marbles in court. Humphrey Bogart's performance was so affecting that many have supposed the film to be the source of the phrase. It's American, but it originated actually in the late 19th century, not the 1950s. The expression has now been shortened to simply losing it. The point is that the person in question has a bit missing. Perhaps marbles meant mind or wits before lose one's marbles was coined. It basically means your marbles are your mind, so to lose your mind. And it's possibly was brought to 
general use through this film with Humphrey Bogart in it. There you go. Anyway, it's quite a good one. I quite like it as, a, as an idiom. You know, oh, I think he's losing his marbles, or I've lost my marbles, meaning I've gone mad. Okay. I suppose it means that if you, you know, marbles are, they run a, around, you know, they're not controllable. Yeah. So they, they easily roll away. run away, they roll away, and it's kind of a bit like your mind. It's, if your mind goes a bit haywire, yeah. it's like marbles running away in kind all of, directions. Kind of a good image, you've got the marbles yeah. in a bag, and then yeah. you drop the bag, and exactly. pff, the marbles go everywhere. It's a bit like your brain, you're all the contents yeah. of your mind just spilling out. that's where it's come from. Yeah, yeah, I think it's quite a nice phrase, really. Yeah. Um, there you go, to lose your marbles. So, Dad, the, the, the next uh, item I've got is just, it says, guess who? So you have to just describe a famous person that we will all know, and uh, then we have to guess who it is. Is it yes, no answers? No, he's just going to describe the person, and we have to guess who it is. You've got a person in mind? Yes. Okay, can you just uh, begin your description, and we'll we'll see if we can guess who it, it is. It might be too easy. Um, right. but anyway, I'll try. Uh, I'll try yes, not no, to make question. it too too easy. Um, this person is um, uh, of mature years. Old. Uh, and um, has been quite... Uh, well known around the world Helen Mirren Um, (laughs) uh, no and this person has been quite successful on stage and as a recording artist both Paul McCartney Um, this person no this person um, has been in the news recently Um, Aretha Franklin uh, no Uh, this this person has been controversial occasionally for one Madonna. reason or another. Madonna! Hey! The man himself. Because she's had her 60th birthday recently. Is that right? Do you know yeah. she's the biggest selling artist, I think, of all time? Is that really? I think, female I think artist. So. Female, biggest selling female, 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 female artist of all time. How many top ten singles in the UK has she had? Top five. How many top, top five? five singles in the UK something has Madonna re- had? You might think ridiculous. 10, you might think 20. It's like 40 think or again, 40-odd. 46, I think. 46 Unbelievable. top... 46 top five records in the UK, Madonna. That is amazing, isn't it? Which one's your favourite, Dad? Like a virgin. <laughs> Sounds very like weird. Very hearing, first <laughs> hearing you sing that and look uh. at, hearing you singing that while looking at me in that way was very disturbing indeed. And I think we shall move swiftly on to the next thing. I think, Mum, it's your turn. Oh, this is perfect for you, Mum. It just says, "Tell us a joke." Oh no! <laughs> Are you good at telling jokes? No, no, I'm useless at telling jokes. Why not? What goes wrong? Everything. I don't know how to do it. Uh, Can you tell us, a, have you got any jokes in there? Uh, have I got any jokes? <laughs> we, bear in mind, we will have to explain it afterwards. Horse walks into a bar. Yeah. The barman says, why the long face? Hey. Okay. Hey. Go on, James. What's the follow-up joke to that? Uh, how do you sell a deaf guy a frog? How, wait, how do you sell a deaf guy a frog? How do you sell a frog to a deaf person? Do you want to buy a frog? Oh, <laughs> That's really awful. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Any deaf people oh, listening, okay, we're is, very sorry. This is that's quite offensive. One. Sorry, that was a Lemmy joke. Okay, there's another one. Yeah, bear goes into a bar. Yeah, the barman says, "Why the big pause?" Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, Mum. You got it completely wrong. You ruined the joke. They always do. That's the 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 bear joke. Is a bear walks into a a pub and he goes up to the barman. He says, "I'll have a pint of beer." And a packet of crisps, 
please. And the barman says, all right, why the long pause? Big pause. Or big pause. Oh, <laughs> flipping air. You can't tell them either. No. All that stage time, and I still can't tell a basic joke. I tell my talking dog joke? Bloke's walking home one night, and he sees a pub, pops in for a drink, and there's a sign saying, Rex the talking dog in the back, only a fiver to get in. So he pays his fiver, goes into the back, and there's a guy there on stage with a group of men and women sitting around watching this small stage Mm -hmm. with a man and a dog. And the the, uh, man's saying... Uh, Rex, what's the stuff that you find around the the edge of trees? What's the stuff around the the, the, the trunk of a tree? Of a, the, the, the trunk of a, of a tree. And the dog goes bark, mm-hmm. and then he says, "Okay, so what noise do you make when someone punches you?" And he goes, "Oof." And then he goes, so "How do you feel when you're feeling a bit ill?" And the dog goes, "Rough." And the bloke goes, "This is shit." And the dog turns around and goes, come on, mate, give it a chance. Hey, okay. Horse walks into a bar and the barman says, why the long face? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm just, they don't understand that. Oh, dear. See, this is the fun part where we explain it. Okay. Well, horses yeah, have, have long, long faces, faces. Yeah. and uh, bars are well known for places where people go who are particularly lone men. Yes. who are feeling sad and fed up, and they mm-hmm. go to the bar and they sit there looking morose and unhappy. Yeah. And the barman will eventually come up and say, why the long face? Because when you're, long, when you're <laughs> sad and unhappy, you apparently have a long face. I don't know why. And the barman, the barman... And the barman will say, why the long face? And then the punter will say, oh, well, my girlfriend left me and... And the, and the barman stands there cleaning glasses yeah, and listening, listening to, to the guy's problems. And it's like, why that's the long what, face? That's oh, what well, the barman does. Right, and, but it, uh, horses also. So it's a very typical thing. Oh, you know, why the long face? Uh, why, you, why do you look sad? Yeah. And, uh, but a horse walks into a bar. The barman says, why the long face? Because horses have got long faces. When you explain it, it does entirely destroy the joke. Not funny. Yeah. It's got that surreal element of a bar of a horse walking into a bar and ordering a drink in the first place. Yes. That that gives it an extra kind of bizarre twist. And the bear and the man, you know, the bear orders a drink and then there's a, he he, he waits for a bit and then he says, oh, and a a packet of crisps and the barman says, why the big paws? Because bears have big paws. Paws meaning hand, like the hands or feet of an animal, but paws also uh, spelled differently means paws meaning stop for a while. Mm. Why the big paws? Yeah. P-A-U-S-E. Because the bear orders his drink and then he waits and waits and then he orders his crisps. So why the big paws? Mm. So it's a pun. It's a pun. It's a pun. It's your basic pun. It's a pun. Um, There was another one as well. Like, how do you sell a frog to a deaf man? Do you want to buy a frog? Yeah. Yes. Well, that's pretty crude. It is crude, Uh, isn't it? But but the thing about the, you know, horse goes into a bar or the, you know, bear goes into a bar. The other element is it's a formula. Yeah. It's a well, well tried, uh, you know, joke formula. And there's lots of them, you know. A bloke goes into a bar, a bloke goes into a pub. It's the same with somebody going to the doctor. It's, a, it's the, that very tried formula. So the idea of a horse going into the bar or a bear going to the bar, it's a nice twist on a, an old formula. Right. Thank you. Yes, exactly. Like a, a, a man walks into a bar, ouch, because he yeah. Yeah, yeah. walked into a, 
an How iron. How did that bar get there? It was an iron bar. Okay, let's let's move on. Who's next? Who who is next? Is it uh, James? Okay, next James. It says good book. Have you read a good book recently? Um, the first one that comes to mind is a book by Bill Drummond. Who's that? Who coincidentally is one of the members of the KLF. Ah, here we go again. And the book is called Forty Five, mm-hmm. which he wrote when he was forty five. Yeah. He wrote, which was also one of the speeds of a record, a 45 single. It goes at 45 or 33. He also wrote one when he was, when he was 33, which I haven't read. Ah, is it called 33? Oh, it is. And that's it is. also the speed of and a he record. He also plans to write one when he's 78, if he's still alive. Really? Which is an old speed of record. Okay, so 45? It's a you got, sort of you got one loose, loose collection of memories and stories and musical memoirs and anecdotes and um i wish i had a copy in front of me and i could give you a bit more info stop it, nodding like that do, it's what people do when they're interviewing people on tv <laughs> you know so they nod just silently just, yeah keep going keep talking this is really good well done keep going don't stop talking um, um it's it's just a sort of collection of <laughs> stop doing that. I'm it's nodding really I'm awful. nodding again. Does he in the book explain why he he burned a million pounds? No. No, so no one knows still why he did that. Uh no, but it's not about that. It's about little stories of um they're sort of slightly anarchic and slightly artistic takes on the the music industry. Okay. And um, some of them are just crazy ideas. Some of them are funny. Some of them are poignant. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them are just entertaining. But he's, yeah. he's sort of a bit of a thinker, a bit of a uh, philosopher yeah. at times, but mm-hmm. also with a sense of humour. And they, they, they're, he's a big fan of, you know, sort of... Burning money. Looking at things beyond the sort of everyday straight world and looking at things in a slightly deeper way and looking beyond the obvious okay that's the best i can do to describe that book i'll have to read it again it's called 45 by bill drummond okay there you go fantastic the next thing is actually just the word kindle question mark because i saw james reading some some stuff on an amazon kindle this week which is owned by mum so mum what's your definitive take on the amazon kindle is it good should we be using them is it better than reading normal books it's nowhere near as good as reading a normal book why not because of the physical sensation of having a book in your hands and being able to you know, if you think, oh, what, what was it that that character did, you know, two you, chapters ago, you flick back and you have a look and you can work your way through the book and you can mark things on the book and write things and it becomes yours and it's an object, beautiful object, and it's a practical object, whereas the Kindle is just words on a screen. And I know you can highlight the words and I know you... Well, I suppose you can skip back, but I have never really worked out how you look back over stuff that you've already read. you have to read. go into all the control menus. Yeah. And Whereas with a book, you just literally just turn the yeah. pages back. The book yeah. is a wonderful object that you can manipulate and do stuff with. But they're made of trees, though, aren't they? Yeah, I know. That's the problem. And also, coming on holiday, I've got my Kindle and I've got, you know, I don't know, about 100 books I can read. mm um, whereas if I had to bring all those books with me, it would weigh a ton. I wouldn't be able to manage it. Do you not feel sort of spoilt for choice when you go into the Kindle? You're like, oh, God, I've got 100 books. Oh, I think I'll read none of them. 
Like that's what I would do. <laughs> well, a bit, except that, I mean, I'm not a very good Kindle person because I don't actually buy books at, at the full price. What I do is I go to, I'm on Amazon and they send me every day um, three books that they've priced at 99p. So I book thing, buy things at 99p. Okay, you know, most days I'll say, oh, I don't want any of those and so I won't buy them. But occasionally there's some really good books that they're selling for 99p, so I'll buy them. Okay. And um, I've got some really good books through that. Mm-hmm. And So it's got its advantages and its disadvantages. Oh, it has very, lots very of advantages. It's just an aesthetic thing. Mm-hmm. The aesthetic experience of reading a book yeah. is nowhere near the same. Okay, well, there you go. There you go. James, do you echo that opinion? Because you were reading the Kindle earlier on this week. Um, uh, yeah, I don't think I'd get one. Really? To be honest. It doesn't really appeal. But it was quite nice that, I mean, the convenience, I lost my book. I left it on the train on the way here, which I was really annoyed about. So mum said, why don't you have a look on my Kindle, James? There might be something that you like on there. And I found Steve Coogan's autobiography, which I read in about two days, okay. uh, skipping through the boring bits. Um, How do you know they were boring if you skip through them? Because like, you can just tell. Um, <laughs> okay. There's only so many times you can hear about picnics in a you know Morris Traveller. Mm. Um, but it was... I mean, if mum hadn't had that Kindle, there's no way she would have had all those books with her. Yeah. And I could choose. So it was convenient. So, it, it enabled me to read, but I wouldn't buy one, no. The portability of, of books is a big uh, big yeah. uh, advantage. Okay, can, can you just talk amongst yourselves? Because I need to get my computer for the next one. The next, just press pause. No. Uh, the next one, in fact, uh, what did I do with it? Next one for Dad is uh, Citizenship Test. Citizenship Test. I'm going to ask you one or two questions, sample questions from the British citizenship test and let's see if you can get them right but i need to just get my computer from over there i'm not pausing because if i pause you will walk away from the table <laughs> no, <we're right. laughs> so okay, hold on okay well i don't know you know what the questions will be i've read some stuff in the newspapers about you know how the government requires you to know everything there is to know about the uk and most people don't know it so it's very probably going to be very difficult as far as kindles are concerned i mean i've got um, an iPad, and you can download books onto the iPad. You don't actually need a separate Kindle. And I do occasionally. You're not talking about Kindles, you're talking about citizenship. Yes, Stop yeah, all right, all right. Subject. I just thought I'd mention that that you don't actually have to buy a Kindle. <laughs> anyway, I agree with Jill that uh, that you you want to have a real book. They smell good, and you know, book sales are enormously. Um, Stop talking popular. about books now. Okay. Fine, um, fine. And uh, the citizenship test. I'm going to ask you at least three questions from the British citizenship test. Oh, Let's dear. see how you get on. Question oh, number dear. one, Dad, is what is the capital city of Northern Ireland? It's Belfast. Is it A, Belfast, B, Dublin, C, Cork, or D, Edinburgh? It's Belfast. Is the correct answer. Even I knew that one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on to question two. What name is given to the day when people play jokes on each other until midday? Dad, is it A, Remembrance Day, B, April Fool's Day, C, Halloween, or D, Valentine's Day? It's April Fool's Day. April Fool's Day. Do you ever actually do April Fool's? Absolutely. On really? Favourite April Fool's trick? Um, 
looking out the window in the morning and saying, oh, my God, you know, there's a bear in the garden. Oh, I bet that works every yeah, time. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> really? <laughs> Mum, has he ever played an April Fool's joke on you? Uh, can't remember. I think he might have tried. Really? And With I, the bear I, in the garden yeah, trick? He, he looked out of the, opened the bedroom curtains and said, oh, my God, there's a bear in the garden. And I went, oh, yeah. Oh, of course there is. <laughs> Okay, James, have you ever done an April Fool's joke or been the victim of one? Take your time. Not that I can remember, but I'm sure I must have been. <laughs> Wasn't there a famous one on the BBC where they claimed that spaghetti was grown on trees? Yes. And yes, it pre- was brilliant. It just shows how stupid British people were, out of touch with the food production process <laughs> they were. They believed that spaghetti trees were you know, spaghetti well, we was harvested have, from trees. We didn't have spaghetti in those days. It was a very new thing. And it lots was early of people was wouldn't have known early sixties maybe yes, it probably was. It was a documentary from the very prestigious panorama program with the very respectable um, Richard Dimbleby doing this authoritative commentary mm-hmm. on how the spaghetti harvest in Italy had been affected by the frost okay. with pictures right, and your third question, Dad is what are Welsh cakes made of? What are Welsh cakes made of? Welsh cakes. Is it A, suet, onions and oatmeal? Is it B, flour, dried fruits and spices? Is it C, potatoes, vegetables and Yorkshire puddings? I think potatoes are vegetables, aren't they? Uh, Or is it D, bacon, eggs, sausage, black pudding and potato bread? Do people who actually want British citizenship have to know what Welsh cakes are made of? Answer the question. Um, it doesn't work. I don't know, I know really. I know. I, uh, I maybe they're going to have to you know, send me abroad. I don't know. Send you James, abroad? what is it? Well, they're a bit like an Eccles cake, Dad, yes. if I'm honest. So, Mum? So? Yeah, so? It's B. Don't you know what an Eccles cake is? Flour, dried fruit and all that. Flour, dried fruits and spices. That's yeah. a Welsh cake. Okay, then. Well, there you go. And, folks, if you, uh, if you didn't know uh, the answer to that question, you're not allowed in Britain. <laughs> and, okay? and if you didn't know and you are British, <laughs> you're going to get expelled. You're going to get thrown out. Oh, my God. That's right. Okay, we've got time for maybe two there more of these. There must be some harder questions than that in this citizenship. That's ridiculous. Do you want to, do, oh, I've closed the, the hardest wi- one. I've closed it now on my computer, so you can have a look at um, yourself later on. Um, James, this one's for you. Ready? It okay. simply says baby monkey. We've already done that. Yeah, okay. I thought you might just at least... Baby monkey. There we go. Baby, baby monkey. Riding on a pig. Baby monkey. Baby monkey. Baby monkey. <laughs> Backwards on a pig. Baby <laughs> monkey. Okay, okay. Okay, mum. Is, yes. this, is it mum or dad next? That is mum, isn't it? So, mum, this one it was um, included by dad, so uh, it's oh, nothing no. to do with me. And the question is, have you ever seen a ghost? Have you ever seen a of ghost? Of course I haven't. They don't exist. Next Why question. Why would I have seen a ghost? I don't know. thought it might make a good story. No, sorry. I have have no... you ever seen anything you don't really understand, anything weird that you didn't know what it was? <laughs> have you ever seen anything weird, and that doesn't include Dad uh, when he's getting changed in the morning? Um, well, there's, ever... there's also, you know, this figure that comes out of the bedroom, you know, at about 12 o'clock. Really? Midday. Mm. Hulking out of the bedroom that we've experienced coughing this, and yeah. spluttering, yeah. And, and for a, for a while we think, oh my god, what's that? And then we realise, oh, it's James. Oh. Oh. <laughs> James, oh. have you have you ever seen a ghost or something weird? Well, let me tell you, no, no. no, um, no. I once walking home late at night, 
through the uh, the dark the dark area between streetlights mm-hmm. in in where we used to live. Rising Lane. Yeah, I was aware of a presence. <gasps> really, and somebody walked right past me <gasps> in the dark. It was just a person. <laughs> but you, it was point, spooky. The point is, you didn't, you couldn't see anything. I couldn't it was see so them. dark. I could kind of feel them brush past me. This is in, this, wait, this is in the countryside. It's not middle in the of city. nowhere. Yeah. Middle of nowhere, deserted country lane, and it was so dark on that road. You couldn't see hand in front of your face at certain points. Am I right? Wait, you couldn't see that. Wait a minute. You have to say that sentence again because no one. It was picked. so dark. You couldn't see your hand in front of your face at times. Yeah, you could see the lights that you were heading towards. You could see the lights behind you. But you, there was a, a good 600 yards mm-hmm. where you couldn't see anything. Yeah. And you were just walking and just hoping that you weren't going to fall into a ditch or something. Yeah. And? Well, some, per- some, some presence a person, brushed past a person walk, brushed, they put, they, 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 A person walked past you. In the opposite direction. A, and they brushed against well, you? Well, just, they, maybe just past me, just close enough to feel someone walk past. Ooh, scary. scary. And I turned round. And there was no one there. You turned round and. Baby monkey! <laughs> baby monkey! Backwards on a pig, baby monkey! Okay. Um, well, I that did, wasn't a ghost, it was just a, probably a drunk man. It, was, it was you. You walked past yourself, <laughs> didn't you? That, that's how drunk you were. Um, that's why you were, you know, you were late uh, getting home. It was like you walked past yourself coming home from the pub. Um, yeah, I did that walk lots of times too, and it's very, very scary experience walking when you can't see your feet touching the ground, and uh, you can't see your hand in front of your face. And there was a, a section of the walk where you'd walk up a, a hill, and the trees would all uh, cover the the, the the top as well. There'd be trees on either side of the road, and the, the branches of the trees would come together and it would be like a black tunnel and you'd walk up there I remember walking up and getting near the top and feeling just very spooked out and turning round to look down at the bottom of the road and seeing just a torch waving uh, from side to side because someone was walking with a torch about 200 metres behind me just a torch waving in, in, in the distance and, and I actually ran I ran most of the way home but I mean, it's probably just someone walking their dog. But yeah. it's a horrible, scary thing when you when it's pitch black and you're already scared, and you turn back and two hundred meters behind you, there's just a, a torch, a disembodied torch, um, in the distance. Oh, chilling! And I just ran home. Horrible. Yeah, Dad. Weird things, ghosts, or any anything like that. Unfortunately, not. I mean, I, I I would find it very interesting to you know see something inexplicable. Mm. But I don't really think that there are ghosts, and um, I'm sure there aren't really. But it would be fun, wouldn't it? And and I know a lot of people do believe in them. When I was um, a Boy Scout, yeah, many years ago, uh, we used to play tricks on the the young scouts by having you know pretend you know ghost stories around the campfire, and yeah. then ghosts would appear in the light of the campfire, and they'd be absolutely freaked out. And um, What do you mean, ghosts would appear? Well, you know, you'd arrange for you know, one of your colleagues to dress up in a sheet or something, and, <laughs> and suddenly, just at the right moment in the story, when they're all enthralled, they would suddenly appear, go, woo! And <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, people quite like ghost stories, I love even ghost though stories. they are frightened by them. Mm. Um, but um, I'm afraid I don't really believe in ghosts at all. I love ghost stories. 
Have I read Nick Frost's book? No, I haven't. Is there a There's ghost? a good ghost story in Nick Frost's book. Can you can you repeat it? Perhaps. Can you remember it? Well, it starts out. The rest of the book is just a normal sort of memoir of growing up and, and becoming and a an bit actor. of him and Simon Pegg going ghost hunting, mm-hmm. which you can believe happened. And then they get to this deserted house and go in. And there's all those... Remember those bells that you used to have for servants in the kitchen? So in old big houses in England, which used to have servants living downstairs, a bit like in Downton Abbey, uh, the, the, the people, the family living upstairs would call the servant to the room by pressing a button on the wall, which would ring a bell downstairs in the servants' quarters. Mm. And the servants would look on the wall. There would be a set of... Um, I guess what they're bells on the wall and the bells would ring and twitch on the wall to, which anyway. means that someone in a bedroom upstairs is pressing one of the buttons or pulling they, a string they're or messing something. around with the bells and then they go upstairs mm-hmm. into the one of the bedrooms and it's all blackened because there's been a fire in there yeah and as they get in they feel this eerie sort of presence and their skin starts pricking up yeah and then they start to hear the bells ringing downstairs <gasps> oh or they can hear the bells yeah. in the distance downstairs yeah. all ringing. Yeah. Oh. And they all start getting louder and louder. And then they turn around and they see silhouetted against the burnt uh, corner of the room, this figure, this of a little girl. No. And they just ran out of the house and ran away. Oh, my God. But I think he was lying. I think that was their imagination. <laughs> I think it was, because uh, that's the good thing about it. You're reading the book and you think this, is, this must have really happened because the rest of the book is true. And then he starts spinning it out a bit, spinning it out a bit. Meaning sort of... Spinning a yarn. Exaggerating the story. Exaggerating. And because the rest of the book is basically true, you start to really fall for it and you start to get really freaked out. (laughs) It's a good one though, (laughs) isn't it? Going into an abandoned old house... And in the servants' quarters, all the bells on the wall, and they're, oh, look at those bells! They're, they're, you know, they're interesting. And then going upstairs, a blackened room because there'd been a fire, and they, they're in the room. Suddenly, they feel weird, and then they start hearing all the bells downstairs ringing. And then they look in the corner, and there's a silhouette of a, of a young girl in the but corner. But that doesn't ring true. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't ring true because if the little girl was in there. How would she get all the bells to ring? She'd only she, be able to get the bell in that she's room. She's using go- weird ghostly well. magic. Yeah, it's bollocks. Sorry, it's rubbish. <laughs> okay. Um, who's next? Dad. I think you're next. It just says the word impression. So either this means that uh, he has to do an impression of his choice or we give him, uh, give him an impression to do. Which one would you rather do, Dad? Well, Luke's the one who's good at impressions. I mean, you're really good at impressions. I, I don't know whether I can do it. Okay. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Everybody does Michael Caine. Uh, and listeners will know this actor has been around a long time. But he was famous particularly for The Italian Job, a film I can recommend if you haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. The Italian Job, a uh, heist movie. Okay, just do the impression. Please. And, you know, they are rehearsing how to blow up the van with the money in it and it, mm-hmm. and and um, it, it instead of the you know just a small explosion it's a huge one and he famously says i told you to blow the bloody doors off or something you're like only that supposed you're only supposed to, to, blow. to blow the bloody doors off and he's got a london accent and he goes i my name is michael kane and it's very forceful <laughs> but i can't do it as well as luke can james can do it quite well go on Michael Caine. You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. 
My name is Michael Caine and I speak in this front of flat delivery. When it gets angry, it gets very forceful with his voice. Yeah, okay, yeah. Then there's also the Michael Caine who speaks like this. You're just ripping off I, Yeah, we are. Coogan. We're ripping off Steve Coogan, of course, yeah. Of course we are. Okay, uh, an impression for James. Have you got an impression that you can do? Even if it's crap, I don't care if it's crap. That's, that's fun. That's the fun part of an impression is when it's quite bad. It's quite fun, isn't it? Can you, can you do John Peel? Uh, coming up next on uh, Luke's English Podcast, I'll be looking at some um, rare release seven inches from the uh, <laughs> Disco Go-Go label on red vinyl. This is Luke's English Podcast, All Stars. And the KLF. And the KLF in dub. <laughs> the dub sausage. The dub sausage EP. It's good. It's good. That's yeah. quite amazing. That's quite a good yeah. job. I'm off to go to Peru and have a heart attack. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good job, Peel, actually. Yeah. yeah, very good. Mum, have you got any impressions up your sleeve? No, of course not. Really? Nothing at all? Nothing she can't do all. any impressions? No. no. Okay. All right, then. Well, I suppose that's that. You can do it? the Queen. Can you do the oh, Queen? No, of course I can't. See, the thing is, the Queen, there's... My husband and I... Yes. yes. That's You're all I can do. Christmas broadcast. My husband and I... My husband and I... Christmas is a time for reflection. And family. And for the family. 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 <laughs> One of the corgis has just popped its claws. <laughs> Christmas is a time for family. And family. Family, not family. And Christian values. Values. Va- values. <laughs> Christ- no, she doesn't. Does she, she say Christian values? No, we don't need to keep mocking the Queen. Why? So we'll go on from there. Well, because we don't. She's she's a lovely bird. She, she is. does she's a lot great. for the tourist industry. I do like the Queen. <laughs> I, I do have to like say, the- <laughs> I'm not a big fan of monarchy, but I do like the Queen. I mean, I don't like them in in theory, but in practice, they seem like quite nice people. Even if it was up to me, I'd string them up. (laughs) If it was up to me, I'd chop all their heads off, except the queen. She's got a lovely head. I like the way she holds the crown on top of it. She looks great on the pound coin. She's done a bang-up job with them banknotes. (laughs) Okay, I think that's probably all we have time for. I don't know who won. It's 11 It's getting a bit silly now, so it's time we finish. It's best when it gets silly, though, isn't it? Oh, is it? Yeah, it is. Sorry, listeners. I don't know who won. Who do you think won, Dad? Me. I think you did. I won. (laughs) The winners are the listeners. That's right. At the end of the day, the winners are the listeners. There's a lot of grammar to get through in that one. A lot of grammar, yeah. A lot of grammar, guys. A whole lot of grammar there to... A whole lot of grammar. To look at... So any of the any any of the any of you dedicated language learners out there can uh, get stuck into the grammar, uh, but that's it for this episode of Luke's English podcast. Thank you, Mum, Dad, and James for taking part, and I'd just like to thank all of the listeners who are still listening and indeed still alive. <laughs> Congratulations to yes, you! Well done. well done, everyone. Have a cup very, of tea. Very ca- well done. Congratulations to all of the the, the listeners to the podcast for managing to not only continue to listen, but also survive until the end of the episode. Very well And have a very Merry Christmas. Oh my God, Luke, what's that behind you? (laughs) (laughs) Baby monkey, baby monkey, riding on a pig, baby monkey, baby monkey, baby monkey, backwards on a pig. So there you go. I hope you enjoyed being with us at the table there for our after-dinner session of Talking Rubbish. 
all presented for your listening pleasure and as an opportunity for you to learn some real English as it's spoken by my family. Uh, this would make a great premium episode, I think. There's a lot of good language to be revealed and explained here. Each episode is a source of great natural language, but you might not notice or at least might not have time to look up every single new word that you're hearing or be able to identify all the different parts of specific expressions and their real meanings. But with LEP Premium, I do all of that for you. I'll highlight vocabulary and expressions, particularly the structures which are harder to notice but essential to know. Things like phrasal verbs, idioms, preposition, collocations and gerunds and infinitives. There's also grammar and pronunciation as well. So each episode has a PDF and a quiz at the end so that you can test yourself and check your learning. At the moment, there are about five full episodes, uh, premium ones, in various parts, a couple of videos, and part six is coming up very soon. Uh, you can think of these as study packs for Luke's English Podcast, where I kind of hold your hand and make sure that you can pick up this essential natural language so you can boost your English to a higher level. To register for uh, Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium. There you can sign up. It costs about the same as buying me a beer or a coffee once a month. So one beer or one coffee once a month, which is not that much. Uh, you get to support the podcast and you also get access to the entire premium catalogue and all future content as well. So get stuck in there, teacherluke.co.uk slash premium. Uh, premium is available in the Luke's English Podcast app if you sign in to the app with your premium login details. It's also available online at teacherluke.co.uk slash premium. Uh, there's a comment section and a way to download PDFs in normal size. So just check out the website for more information. That's it for this one. I hope that you're having a great August. More episodes of the podcast are coming soon, as I have a few days uh, ahead of me to do some work. But then things might go quiet again until September, when everything will then go back to normal. And it'll be all normal again. Normal? Is it ever really normal? What, what does normal really mean? No, I don't really know. What's normal for you? September feels more normal than August, don't you think? I feel like August always feels like a slightly exceptional month, but then in September it's like, okay, everything's back to normal again now. You know, it's like when you start school, it's when you started university, people come back from their holidays, the weather changes, it starts to go into to, um, autumn and then into winter, so it's kind of like everything resets again. It feels like the start of something... Uh, anyway, things will go back to normal, whatever that means, in September. But there'll be a few episodes for you to get stuck into, including probably the next normal episode of the podcast and also some premium content coming in your direction too as well. Nice one. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being brilliant listeners. Thanks for leaving your comments on the website and generally for just being really, really cool. And good luck with your English. And I'll speak to you again on the podcast soon. But for now, goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar, and pronunciation teaching from me, and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.